Welcome to Rowan College of Burlington County's Baroness Podcast. I'm Dr. Brooke Myatt, Program Chair and Assistant Professor of our Entertainment Technologies Department. I'm a co-chair of the Women's Advocacy Group, a subcommittee of the President's Advisory Council on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And this monthly series highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. Tune in for a female perspective on the Burlington County community. We are here to listen to these amazing women. If you want to hear from women who lead and inspire, this podcast is for you. Well, today joining us in studio is Audrey Wiggins, owner and operator of On the Town Food Tours, and Robin Winzinger, owner and chef of the Robin's Nest in Mount Holly. Welcome, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Um, today, you know, th- I was thinking about such a really awesome topic, and I am a huge foodie. I mean, I love food, love going in. I love going into Philly. I've been up to New York. But you know what's so interesting is not a lot of people realize the amazing food scene that is here in Burlington County and the surrounding counties. And before we jump into all of the amazing food conversations and unique business that we're going to talk about today, I'd love for each one of you to give a little introduction about who you are. So Chef Robin, can we start with you? Sure. I started the Robin's Nest over 35 years ago, and I went to culinary school in Philadelphia over 40 years ago at the Restaurant School of Philadelphia. And since then, I um, have definitely been a chef that does farm to fork. Uh, Things that inspire me are definitely what's in season. Um, So over the years, I've always tried to bring the field, you know, to my restaurant and every day is a different challenge, and uh, I inspire myself and my employees to do the best they can to bring out the natural beauty of the food and to tantalize uh, the taste buds, and that's kind of where I'm at now. I love it, tantalizing taste buds, and Audrey, that's kind of like your background. You were, you started in kind of a corporate background of tantalizing taste buds, so tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, yes. Um how I got started in this food tour business uh, was with my last corporate job uh, working for a flavor and fragrance company. And uh, we would take our customers who were food manufacturers out on these walking food tours to understand what some of the food trends are, food flavor trends are in uh, the restaurant world. And uh, we would order food. We would sit and eat, talk about the flavors and how it could work for their customers. And I would take the agenda that was put together by our chefs and I would take family and friends out on the weekends and we would just explore all day, eat all day. And I thought, these guys are having a blast. Why not take this concept, which is very prevalent in major cities across the globe, and bring it to small town South Jersey? And that's how it all started seven years ago. So I am the owner and operator of On the Town Food Tours, a walking food tour company uh, where we sample sweet and savory food along a walking route in six South Jersey towns. We get to talk to the owners of the restaurants and shops and um, learn a little history about the town, and you get to meet other people while on the tour. And one of those towns is Mount Holly. That's right. Where the well-known Robin's Nest is. Tell us the connection that the two of you made. 
Robin's Nest is on our walking food tour in Mount Holly, and Robin has been very gracious. Every time we come in, she comes and visits and says hello to our customers. Uh, We sample her homemade soups. We get a trio of soups, which is quite tasty, and we always get good feedback from that. And Robin, you have such a beautiful uh, establishment right on the little, is it a canal, creek? Yeah. It's it's just... It's, it's actually called the Oxbow because it has the turn right there. So it's kind of neat. And when the tide's high enough, you know, you'll get uh, kayakers that come by, which is really cool. I mean, it's it's so beautiful. And you have such a inspiring story of knowing that that was the spot um, for your uh, restaurant. Would you mind telling our listeners this story? Because yeah. I think it's so moving. Well, there's two things to the story. My mom and dad met across the street from the restaurant um, at, back in the 50s, and there was a um, soda shop across the street. And my mom and dad basically started dating and because she fell in love with this gorgeous guy across the street. And then when the building, uh, the Robin's Nest, came up for sale, my mom and I went and looked at it. And when I we walked up to the front door, there was a Robin's Nest at the front top of the door. And all my life, people had given me trinkets of robins, eggs, sure, and nests. yeah. And so anyway, I always kind of wanted to uh, showcase that. And we were, mom and I looked at each other and went, oh my gosh, it's got to be called the robin's nest. So it was, um, you know, that's how it kind of got born. So I think the connection between my mom and dad and my parents supporting me and helping me open the business up because I was 23 years old and... Certainly couldn't get a loan from the bank as they laughed at me when I went in there. As a set, they're like, "Well, where's your collateral?" I went my VW outside, and like <laughs> you're like, "I'm 23 in the yeah, VW." How's right. that? They're like, ah, "Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen." So my grandfather used to have a drive-in called the Woodlane Drive-in in Mount Holly, wow. and when he passed away, he left money to my mom, and she thought it would be fitting to help me start, give me a loan from that restaurant to start the business. So you have a lot of history in Burlington County then. Uh, yeah. Haynesport, Mount Holly. Yes. Born and raised. And yes. What does it mean to be now this uh, a restaurant? Is Your restaurant's a pillar in that community. How does that make you feel that you are so connected to the community, uh, you know, for so long? I'm super proud. I mean, I feel like that um, I've had people say that the Ramesses is an institution now, and I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure I like that word, but <laughs> it's kind of cool because yeah. a lot of restaurants have failed, and especially during the pandemic. And I guess that, you know, during all these years, I've had such a base of clientele that I've married them, um, I've married their grandkids, and now I'm doing their funerals. It's like what goes around comes around, and it makes me proud to know that. And um, I'm proud to be in Hainesport and Mount Holly and very active in that community. And all my kids that work for me also, that's so cool. RV, I get all those kids. And I mean, same thing. They bus or they work in the kitchen and then they go to college then they get married and they're having kids and they're coming back. It's cool. That's so wonderful. And what's really interesting too is Audrey, you know, you saw this need in the community that you were like, you know, in all these big city districts, they have all these like unique food tours, right? Like we've all heard how many cheesesteak tours mm-hmm. do you have to you have to been in, in, you know, Philly and the pizza tours in New York City and all these things. And what a wonderful thing to think about these smaller communities around the area to bring 
the passion of food and I mean, who wouldn't want to eat all day and just walk around and, and eat all day? What was that for you? What was what the inspiration behind bringing your business to these smaller towns? I really wanted to celebrate the small town. Um, I think the larger cities get a lot of recognition. Uh, I think the smaller towns, we get restaurant week maybe twice a year. But I wanted to bring a little bit more recognition to the restaurant owners, the shop owners who work hard to bring a service and product uh, to us every single day. And let's give them some recognition. And I think that's what I do with my walking food tours. I help bring people into town, into restaurants, into shops that might not have ever walked in before. And then when people, they'll call me up and email me and say, hey, you know what? I went back to that restaurant. That makes my heart sing. I went back to that restaurant. I asked for the owner and I told him, hey, we're back. Uh, and we stopped here because we were on this walking food tour that came into your restaurant. What's your favorite thing to have uh, other than them come back, obviously, to those places? What else is your favorite thing to see the customers doing on those food tours that you take them on? Trying foods that they've never had before. I'll get, oh, I never would have, or would have ordered this before. Or, you know what, I really don't like curry. Uh, and I says, you know, did you, did you know that there are three or many different types of curry from across the globe? Um, they're not all the same. So when they have an opportunity to try something um, with or without curry or, you know, it's just, it, it makes me happy to know that they really enjoyed the food on the tour. Yeah, and Audrey, you're- kind of curious, if on your tour, do you have people um, respond to the cold soup? Oh, yeah, they because love it. Because that's always curious as a yes. chef because there's a lot of people who be like, oh, God, cold soup, that's weird. Yes, the gazpacho. <laughs> so I was kind of curious, yes. or the blueberry soup. Or the blueberry yeah. soup or the, the fruit soups that yeah, you have, mango, they really yeah. enjoy because they've that's something they've never had cool. before. That's what I, I was mm-hmm. always curious to hear what their response was on that one. Yep. Cool. Well, now we know if we yeah. want cold soup, where to go. And, yeah. and that that's kind of a perfect little segue because, you know, you've, been at that location you said for how many years now over 35 and yeah. i'm sure cold soup wasn't always on the menu but you've changed it was and, I, oh really day yes because i had a gentleman you. walk up to me i was outside cleaning the windows or doing something right before we actually opened and he said well what's the menu going to be like and i i said a couple of things and i said and we're gonna have cold soup he went what i said <laughs> he goes you do know you're a male holly and i'm like yeah and guess what it'll be successful and darn if it wasn't. We did the blueberry soup and it was like the rage. So, you know. It's, well, then you never know what's going to take and, and not. And what's no. really interesting about, you know, when we spoke was you've you've been an institution there and you've had to adapt mm. to so many things, right? Whether it's yeah. been societal, economic, all those kinds of things yeah. in, in the town that you're in. And you've had to kind of just keep changing with the times. Can you talk about how have you stayed so diverse? You know, reinventing the wheel every day of my life almost. And besides the fact that we have uh, had major floods at the Robins Nest from Hurricane Sandy and Katrina, um, that that almost wiped me out completely because our uh, the whole bottom of the restaurant is where I keep uh, my freezers and refrigerators and everything. Mm-hmm. So I was completely wiped out twice and all my heating systems. 
that was really bad um, to, to get up and over that um, sure. financially and mentally because I had to lay everyone off and then regroup and insurance paid for part of it, but not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the uh, COVID, um, the tanking of our economy in, in 06, I mean, 08. And, you know, I have to, like, if, for COVID, immediately that day, then I had to go in and go, I had to let everyone go. I've never done that in my life. I've laid people off for a certain amount of time, but I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. Sure. Um, and None of us knew. No. And I had to um, quickly kept thinking, okay, well, how can I keep this going? And takeout, obviously, was the thing, you know, all the chefs went to. But my menu was way too fancy. I was like, okay, fillets are gone, you know, expensive thing. Anything expensive was gone. We went back to comfort food immediately. And I felt like a fry cook. Like I was doing burgers and fries continuously because I think people were, they were so sad and they, they didn't really know what to do. And it seemed like they went towards anything comforting. Sure. Uh, panini sandwiches, French fries. Um, we have truffle fries, so they did sell a lot of those. So, you know, I never take anything. I take things in stride, but I always try to make it the outcome come that the Ramesses will survive, not just for me and my family, but for everybody that works for me, because they're my family too. And they all have to feed and make their mortgage payments and everything else. So reinventing the wheel every day is kind of my mantra. What has been, I guess, in in food, what what have you seen been, been the biggest trend for you that's been working for your restaurant? Well, right now, I, I have a dish on the menu called Tangier, and I've goofed around with a lot of different recipes, and um, uh, and you're saying, Audrey said about curry. You know, people get a little turned off, I think, they think it's going to be too spicy. And Tangier can be spicy, but it also is a vegetarian dish that you put, we serve over couscous, and we put sweet potatoes in it. And I think a lot of people are going more towards vegetarian or even vegan. So the Tangier, you can have it vegan, vegetarian, or you can add chicken, or you can add salmon to it. So I kind of try to take a base um, a sauce that I can interchange with to make people happier with what their food um, uh, likes are. And we have a lot of clean eaters anymore. They really... Yeah, everybody's been kind of more healthy and changing to that. Yep, and our entree salads, um, we stop putting chicken on them. We always put chicken on. We don't do that anymore. It's chicken, if you want, on the side. And we sell more um, non-protein salads than anything else right now. No... People don't want any of the protein. They'll just want the vegetarian part of it. Interesting. And Audrey, what have you been seeing as the trend for these food tours? What are some, because I know you have different kind of themes and what is now like the big trend on food tours that people have been wanting or popular food tours that you've been seeing? I think um, the diversity of the food, uh, ethnic foods, more or less. And, And when I take a look at what my food tours contain in terms of the types of cuisine. They're pretty diverse. Um, There is Indian cuisine. Uh, We have um, the British Isles. We have Mexican, um, Thai. There's just, I think people want the variety and they want to be able to try something different. And it's not just about an ethnic food item. I mean, it really has to be authentic and people are looking for that authenticity in food these days. 
Um, it's experiential. You know, people want to be able to experience something and not necessarily have to leave and go overseas for it. Or if they went overseas and they came back home, they want to be able to try that again. Yeah, you go out and you take a trip somewhere and you have some really good dish, and then you come back and you're looking for that local fare to mm-hmm. match, you know, what you've had on vacation. And it is hard to find. Right. A lot of people have challenging. So what is it that you look for in a restaurant to put them on a food tour? It's got to be walking distance from other places. I mean, I really take into account the town, what's in town, very uh, localized, uh, where we can walk maybe within a four block radius. Um, that would include history. So we always include history throughout our our tour and our eating. Um, but Great restaurants. I mean, I have to go online and check it out and see uh, what are customers saying about the food, what's the popular food item. Um, Go in and sample it myself. Does the restaurant owner want to be a part of the tour? Uh, So there's a lot that goes into it. And then, of course, coordinating uh, timing because we only stay at a restaurant for about 20 to 30 minutes. So making sure that the owner knows we're coming in, this is how many people, uh, there are no dietary re- restrictions at this time. Um, and when we walk in, the food is put on the table. So there's no waiting for anything, for the most part anyway. Something always can happen, right? Restaurant start, business. And, when you come in, yeah. you need to start saying, get Robin out of the kitchen. Because <laughs> it seems like we're always having a catering party or yeah. something when you're gone. You're very busy. Yeah, and we, yeah, and I'm like... Yeah, and I feel like that I'm so involved with cooking, and and I'm like, you gotta say, you know, go grab Robin, please. Yes, I'll make sure I'll ask next time. (laughs) But you know how you were saying about all the the, how you pick a restaurant, and I think diversity in your menu, and I know that at the restaurant, I people say, well, what kind what kind of food exactly do you have? Well, it's not Italian, it's not French, it's not American. I go all over the board, and that's the fun of it. But I think a lot of people want to have it that you know, if your husband just wants to have his fillet you know, a meat and potatoes guy, right. and you want to go and have a nice fish dish, you know, that's the diversity I feel like. And and even like the tangier, I'm saying, uh, you know, spicy mm-hmm. and, and, and interesting. So I think that restaurants nowadays, I don't know how they survive if they're just one thing. You're going, oh, I think you just have yeah, an attack. You kind of have just- to... To change with the times, be, you know, adapt. It doesn't turn me on to go out as a chef to a restaurant that I'm not going to see all kinds of different things. I like that. That's what turns me on. I don't want it just to go, oh, well, here we go. We just got all Italian food or, all, you know, I don't know. That's at least to me as a diner to go out and learn. I always want to go out and learn and yeah. experience. Yeah. And, and that's the great thing about the tours, too. When you go out, you're you, going to all different. You're all different. So if it's yeah. an all Mexican, it has to be traditional, authentic Mexican or it's all uh, Thai or it's yeah. British Isle or it's comfort American, whatever it is, um, you know, it's. It's the variety that I think people really do like. That's so cool, I agree. You do hit a lot of different mm-hmm. varieties. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, in Mount Holly, we go Mount to the Holly's Jamaican restaurant. Completely di- right. Complete. Everyone's yeah. completely different. Yes, they and are. And showcases that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So both of you are business owners. You're women, and I, you know, I always say this on our podcast that being women brings this whole other dimension to being a business owner. Mm-hmm. And being a, a an inspirational business owner, you've like you said, you're an institution. Mm. Um, how has it been difficult being a woman in in and being a business owner? I find that one of the biggest things I learned that um, when I have to have salesmen come in, 
and they try to sell you things. And they always want to look for, well, who else is that like uh, looking for like my father or my husband, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, it's just me. Yeah. It's you're looking me. at so it. You're looking at it and I'm yeah. making all the decisions. Yeah. So I think it's gotten a lot better. But over the years, it was a kind of a stigmatism that they sure. were looking, you know, to see, or where's your chef? You know, where's he at? Well, it's me. You know, uh, you know, so I think that it's taken a lot of time, but now people are cool with, you know, women's chefs and being in business. And I think, you know, it is hard. It was really hard. It's gotten a lot better because I remember getting turned away for jobs because I was a woman. Because they thought, you know, you weren't strong enough to pick up the 100-pound bag of flour. You couldn't do this or you couldn't do that. And it's not that way really anymore. I don't think that that, that was, you know, over 30 years ago that that was that kind of thing. And Audrey, what about you starting your own business after being in corporate America? How was that for you um, and being a woman and being an entrepreneur? It was um, not easy, um, but there's a lot of resources out there. I mean, this is only seven years ago that I started this business, but there's a lot of resources out there to help uh, startup companies to move forward and get the funding that they need, the education that they need, you know, the social media direction that they need. Um, for me in this food tour business, I started out really alone, but over the years I've gotten to know other women led food tour operators in the state of New Jersey. And it's really helped us come out of the pandemic together, together better than if we were separated. Um, it is, um, we meet about once a month together. I mean, I know people would see us as competitors, but we don't see each other that way. Um, we meet, we have conversation, we talk about things that we can support each other on, how we can help educate the other person um, through various experiences that they've had, um, and then they could share the, the results. But it's just been really uplifting to work with these women. Um, our group, we started a consortium called the New Jersey Food Tour Trail, and um, we have our own website, and that's where you can find a state, a map of the state of New Jersey, and all of our tours are kind of pinpoint at each location, and you click on the point, and it'll get you to our website. But um, we work together, and I, I enjoy it. It's really been helpful. You know, the Baroness podcast, we always talk about, um, uh, last month we talked about um, our <laughs> she called it her diva posse, uh -huh. where she has a group of, of women and a group of friends that are there supporting each other. Um, and for you, is this this group or do you have a group of friends that are always there? It's like those women who you call that like have your back, that hear all your crazy ideas that support you. Do you have that for yourself? It's my consortium. It's yeah. my food tour consortium. Yes, definitely. What, I mean, do they, I, what do they bring for you? What do they bring to you? Support. They bring support. They bring knowledge. They bring experience. I mean, there are uh, tours like uh, the Cape May Food Tours uh, down in South Jersey. Uh, Mary has been doing that for years. She was actually the first, I believe, to have a food tour in the state of New Jersey. Uh, so there's a lot of experience there, a lot of success that can be shared and a lot of things to learn. So I really do. And since I live and breathe my business, <laughs> these ladies are it for me. Yeah. I mean, and we know Robin is breathing and everything, her business for, for oh, many, for sure. many years. But, you know, your support system is is interesting because 
I don't know if a lot of people know your story from back in the day about how you became or how you fell in love with cooking and your struggles. Yeah. If you would, would you share a, yeah. a window into your story? Um, I'm, I uh, was diagnosed being dyslexic and at the time people really didn't know what that was. They kind of was like, you're, you're lazy, you're not trying. And I finally was blessed enough to go to a, a private boarding school where Dr. Savone um, had a thing called the Learning Center for Children with Dyslexia. And he really was the one who changed my life and showed me how to learn in a way that I didn't have to keep the reading wasn't so stressful or the math wasn't so stressful and that he knew how to bring out what was good in me, which ended up being that I, I volunteered at the cafeteria. And I really loved it. And I'm like, I can be really creative and make money with my hands. And he says, yes, you can. You can go to culinary school and you won't have to worry about going to a four-year college. And that it's not that's not going to suit you. You want to cook. And that was kind of like the beginning of my career with cooking. Um, and prior to that, my mom is a horrible cook. And we always had, we always oh, had uh, um, the babysitters that were there at the house sure. would always cook because my mom and dad had a construction business and they were so busy. So I also got a lot of um, time in the kitchen there. But at, at boarding school, I, I knocked it out of the park. I loved it. Everyone at the kitchen, at the cafeteria, I mean, it was, you know, basic. But sure. it was the beginning of me going to culinary school. And I was very happy that Dr. Savin was able to make my dyslexia. It works for me now. It doesn't, it doesn't bring me down. Doesn't hinder you. Not whatsoever. I have circumvented around it to make a career. So other than Dr. Savone, who is your support staff, who who are your go-to supportive individuals now in business that well, help you? My chef, um, Justin uh, mm-hmm. Lendl, uh, he's definitely, he's my right arm. And then my left arm is uh, Susan Ferrelli, who's my catering manager and one of my managers, like between the both of them. You know, they got the kitchen in the front of the house. So they're really my support and my two boys. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Yep. Favorite dish that you've ever created? I think it would probably be a coconut Caribbean dish that I did when I was down in, um, in the Cayman Islands. I went and got, I went to a restaurant and I asked the lady, I said, could you, would you mind teaching me for an afternoon? And she's like, yeah. And so her specials was oxtail that day. And then she had snapper and she... You know, just plain with uh, peppers and onions and bonnet um, bonnet peppers, uh, uh-huh. coconut milk, uh-huh. and she steamed it. And I think that was probably one of the neatest dishes, but it was so cool how she, she you know, she created it so simply. And it was a fish, literally, that she had just gotten off the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was neat. Is that so. kind of where you got your inspiration for the farm to table, or that was always something that you loved working with local? If I ever go on vacation, I always try to get to a restaurant, a small restaurant, and I try to ask if they would mind me coming in. And I pay them for whatever sure. their time, and and I would certainly pay for their food. But I want to get at least one bit of knowledge of sure. every time I try to go to different places. I've done it in Mexico and the Cayman Islands, um, and that's kind of that's. My, you know, when I'm going to relax, but I still want to learn. You want to research. Yeah. Oh, got to do yeah. some research and bring For it sure. back. Yep. And then implement that. And then I do menus. when I come back home. Yep. <laughs> um, Audrey, what has been your most exciting restaurant to have on a food tour? Something that no one's ever really tried before. I'm still looking for that. 
You need that aha restaurant stuff? I, I think I do. I think I need that aha. And maybe it's uh, Middle Eastern or African. I mean, I think those are the, the flavor trends that people are looking at or the cuisines that people are looking at today, Robin, do you think? Yeah. Spices are definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, I have put together a food tour in the city of Philadelphia for a friend. It was for her 50th birthday party. Mm-hmm. And... One of the restaurants we went to was Zahav. I just was going to say that. <laughs> and yep. for no reason other than I wanted to go. Sure. And uh, it was a wonderful food tour. I mean, those are the types of restaurants that I'm looking for, things that we haven't experienced yet. Things that, oh, I never would have chose that restaurant before. But you've had a great experience in eating the food and enjoying the flavors. Um, for me, that's the new thing, you know, what's new yeah. on the block. And I'm looking for that in, in uh, South Jersey. That's a bit more experiential. What are the food tours that you're offering now? Share with our listeners. So right now we have tours in Haddonfield and Collingswood, Bordentown and Mount Holly and Hamilton and the district of Ducktown in Atlantic City. So we keep it small in Atlantic City. Yeah, because that can get pretty broad pretty quickly with Definitely. all the different food that's mm-hmm. there. Um, and Robin, what's your favorite restaurant you've been at other than your own? Well, I wish I could get a reservation at Sahab. <laughs> we I we were been, online oh, for two hours oh my and God. sat at the bar. So that was our option. <laughs> it, you know, and it might actually, yeah, I might have to do that because I, uh, I have a chef that used to work for me and he ended up going there and he works oh. there. Yeah. And I've talked to him a couple of times. I'm like, you can't get me in? What's going on? Right. You? <laughs> you should be able to get you in. I know. Like, the trick is to sit at the bar. I get, you got to yeah, go in yeah. right when they open yes. and you get to the bar because you can have the whole entire salad team and the, the, the appetite. You can have it all at the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the trick. Oh, I but do, I'm uh, sure, Chef Robin, you can. I know. I got to call Solomon. There's, I gotta, yeah. Yeah. You got you to gotta make a connection there. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I love seafood. I love oysters. Okay. And I am all about that. And I think that and the restaurant um, it was, it used to be called the Knife and Fork in, in Atlantic City. And yes. I always remember my parents on special occasions. We would go there, Still and I there. would say it is. But the I mean, the nostalgia of it was the kind of thing with my parents because we always had sure. oysters and we always did thing. a big thing of crab, sure. and and it was such a cool place. Yeah, I think that's probably the memory. I mean, there's a lot of neat little places I've been to, but I always in my mind I always liked that one. So young female chefs that are looking to branch out and be restaurateurs, what? What kind of advice would you give them? Uh, you just got to be prepared to work your funds off. It is yeah. a lot of dedication. And, uh, you know, you can have you can work hard and you can play hard, but it's, it's a lot. It takes a lot out of you. Um, and have a good support system, you know, with your family. Because it's it's tons of hours, and that's that's a problem I know, and and I think I feel like as a woman and having kids and sure and starting you know, a family, yeah, trying to do all that, it would be lovely if you could like have the family first, then have the career, but the career usually comes before the family. So, so being a business owner in the restaurant world, like you're yeah. saying, everybody knows it's like twenty four seven. You're never off the clock. Yeah. Um, how do you handle work life and balance, and and how do you do all that? How do you work hard, play hard? be a mom, you know, get to the, get to the function or get to the baseball game. How do you do it? And 
How do you it's make been time a real for challenge. that? Unfortunately, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I've been divorced twice. So it, it just, it's hard to, to spend the time with your husband and your children and everything. Um, I luckily have two outrageously great kids, one that just graduated from your school, which really happy Congratulations. About. And the other one just graduated on Saturday from uh, St. Joe's in Philadelphia. So Congratulations. I think I did a great job with raising them as a single mom, but it is, you know, it's a, it's a huge dedication in your life. But I get up every day and the day that I get up and I don't want to go into work, it's the day I'll stop, but it hasn't happened yet. And Audrey, going from that corporate job and, you know, being, you know, able to get up nine to five and then you want to start this kind of entrepreneurial business, what kind of advice would you give um, young people who are interested in starting a business out on their own? I would say to focus, have focus, concentrate, hone in, have a plan Uh, I would say every day, you know, know what it is that you're going to do. Have your agenda laid out uh, so that when you wake up the next morning, you know what you're going to do. You know what your plans are. Um, You know, it takes dedication to really make something work. And you have to focus on the numbers. You have to focus on customer service. You have to focus on your customer. People forget that it's... um, it's a customer that really keeps you in business because they're going to be able to go out and either talk about you negatively or positively. Um, and I would say, keep your client first. I, that is so great. Cause I try to tell my staff, the only reason why we're here, you know, is because of the customer. That's right. We want to please the customer. So mm-hmm. you really, you know, some of the young people just, they just don't, Fully it's hard. That. It's mm-hmm. hard to teach that, yeah. and and especially the con- the connection. Like you're saying, like people will share their experiences now with the invention of social media and oh, all these yeah. outlets. That you know, it's not just telling your neighbor or walking around the block and sharing with a friend. It's now you're sharing with millions of people online. Um, you know, and that's how mm-hmm. business works. Yeah. Um, and it's really an interesting concept, like you're saying about customer service, you know, putting those first, because I do agree that it's a challenging thing to teach. It's very difficult to teach that to the hospitality business Mm -hmm. is a very, it's a daunting business to teach people and the young people that I have a lot in the front of the house, how to, you know, say hi, look at them in the eye, get off your phone, experience that's they're coming here to have a nice experience right so the minute they walk in the door if you don't make eye contact with them and make them feel comfortable then the rest of their experience might not be as nice you Mm -hmm. know yeah i mean i think it's like those soft skills the social skills are really it's been a challenge yeah people that i mean that's the first that you're the face of the robinsons i have my girls that are out front you know and uh, that young girls and they're you know a little shy the first time they start working but Really, they have to make eye contact. They have to make you happy the minute you walk in that door. I have a creaky old front door, so I'm like, you hear that creak? You turn around and you say hi. And, and that always happens when we walk in. Do they say hi? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, good. They turn around. <laughs> they turn around. They see us walking in. Um, it's every customer that I've seen them really well, it's acknowledge. super important. Yeah. And it's also important to say goodbye and thank you. Mm-hmm. You know? And they do. And the young that we have that, you know, you try to teach that, it's... It's a whole different world. It is. These kids with, yeah. It is. It's so different. Mm-hmm. They know when they hear the creak in the door, they're like, cold soup time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not the soup's on. The soup is cold <laughs> right. and it's coming to you. Right. How did you come up with cold soup? 
Is there a story ah, behind that? I worked at a place called the Village Cheese Shop in Haddonfield a long time ago, and uh, we did it down there. We did gazpacho all the time. Yeah. So, and then I liked it, started playing with the fruits that are coming into season, the peaches sure. and the blueberries, of course, the blueberries. Yes, yeah. in Jersey, yeah. yeah. So I just started kind of doing that. I do it, I make it with wine, which a lot of people don't realize. Oh, my soups are, my cold uh, fruit soups are made with wine. Oh, oh we're coming in for so, doubles, yeah. doubles yeah. and triples. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's a reduction of that, Sounds you great. know, going down. Oh. So, and then the Jersey tomatoes can't beat them mm-hmm. when they're in season. Oh, yeah. Gazpacho. Yeah. What's your favorite local um, food to work with in Jersey? I'm going to say asparagus, and that's what I'm, I'm leaving right now. To go out to a farm uh, out in Pemberton to go get late 85 uh, pounds of asparagus right now. Wow. Yeah, because I'm going to, we do have asparagus sandwich. Um, I have asparagus soup. So we're all about asparagus right now. Asparagus. What do you do with an asparagus sandwich? What are you putting on that? Um, Fig jam, um, bacon, um, brie cheese, (laughs) and then, uh, yeah, you build it from the bottom of the, the, um, Audrey's like, when's this going to yeah. be on the food tour? I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> we can be. Whatever. We, we, I think we had an asparagus, asparagus soup the last time we were there. You might have been. Yeah. You yeah. might have. Yeah. It's delicious. Well, anything with the word bacon in it, my nine-year-old Festive. is there. So yeah. there you go. And I get the vegetarian people that just say, you know, no bacon, the bacon, yeah. no bacon, and that's cool. Works out well. But bacon, I mean, excuse me, not bacon, asparagus, I really do like. I think blueberries and bacon, I mean, blueberries and asparagus are the two Interesting. go-to in my life. And Audrey, what are your favorite local fairs from New Jersey? What do you like? I really do like the blueberries. Okay. And when we go to Hamilton, you know, the oh, yeah. blueberry capital of the world. Yes, I was going to say, mm-hmm. they you are know, the and, blueberry capital. And New Jersey is a top producer of blueberries for the nation. Um, blueberries are my favorite. I love, I eat them frozen, mostly as snacks. Yeah. Uh, so I would say that would be my go-to for fruit. Um for a dish, like a savory dish. Sure. I, I like meat and gravy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> meat and gravy over rice, yeah. over potatoes. Yeah. yeah. But I, I also enjoy vegetarian foods as well. I mean, there's a great vegetarian. Robin's doing them at her restaurant. I mean, I think restaurants are really getting into the vegetarian I think that's the next wave. Yeah. Um, healthy eating yep. because of COVID. I think everybody mm-hmm. saw that. And gluten free, yeah. that's another thing mm-hmm. we have to Yeah, really... challenging allergies yep. and things that are happening. For sure. Yeah. That's really but we should say something about corn because corn is mm. really good at yeah. Yeah, Jersey corn. Yeah, Jersey we can't corn. we can't no. leave this conversation no, 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 without no. saying anything no, about Jersey corn. Hunter's farm market in Cinnamonson yep. has the best, I think, corn. You're right. My I moved here and my in laws told me about oh, yeah, that hunters. corn and I had to go and get it. It's delicious. It is. Yep. Where, Make, where is it? What farmer? If you, uh, Hunter's Farm Market, okay. it's in Cinnamonson behind okay. the Walmart. Yeah, for Route 130. All right. It's excellent. They're, um, they, three things they really do. It's the corn. They do a sweet potato in the fall that's really interesting. And um, cantaloupes. The cantaloupes that one brother does is excellent. They're huge, beautiful cantaloupes. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, those three. Um, any other kind of pick-your-own places that you would go to? I know that there's... Well, cranberries are, you know top notch in, in our area and we do a cranberry sauce that we've done since we opened uh, a honey pecan chicken with a with a cranberry sauce and people i i think they would be very upset if i took that off the menu my technical direct <laughs> my technical director has given me a a sign here that we've got stella's farm in berlin 
oh. is also very good. So those listeners are interested in that. There you go. Um, throughout the podcast, I've been taking notes and I write um, things that I think are powerful little quotes um, that I would turn them into what I call hashtags. And I'm going to read them off. And then I want you to come up with a hashtag for yourself of some kind of motto or something that you live by. You might have said it already, but I'm, I'm going to read off some of the things that I've come up with here. So hashtag tantalizing taste buds. That's one of my favorites. Um, hashtag inspire, hashtag farm to fork, eat all day, institution, celebrate small towns, truffle fries. I don't know who doesn't like a truffle fry. I have never met a truffle fry. I don't like survive my family reinvention experiences, hashtag work hard, play hard, dedication, customer service, keep your client first, or is that what, right? Is that what you said? Um, women in small business, um, and NJ food tour trail, um, and women supporting women and uplifting. So if you had a hashtag that followed you around, or is that your motto, what would that be? Every day, you know, do the best you can. My dad said, give your 100% no matter what you're doing. And I think that's my motto. No matter what I do, I walk tall and I walk forward. That's so positive. It's beautiful. How about yourself, Audrey? Mine would be hashtag do your passion. I love it. Because we're all about following our passion, especially yeah. as women. A lot of us feel that we can't move forward or, or go after that passion. And I think it's really beautiful that both of you have taken that to the next level. Robin always being an inspiration in the area of food. Um, Audrey bringing us all the chefs and their inspirations um, and getting to try them in a really kind of cool creative format. So before we sign off, can everybody, uh, what is... How can we all find out about your amazing food tours, Audrey? So share with us your socials and where they can contact you. Well, they can find us on onthetownfoodtours.com. We also have social platforms on Facebook, and it is at onthetownfoodtours. Instagram is at onthetownfood. Twitter is at onthetownfood as well. Awesome. And Robin? Our webpage, the Robin's Nest Restaurant, leads you to all the different things that we are offering and what events are happening. Just click onto there. We um, are on Facebook and Twitter, um, and so kind of. There, I think our 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 homepage will lead you to all the different events. Yes, it does. And let me tell you, if you want a beautiful, uh, beautiful and scenic, stunning, uh, you know meal yeah the robin's nest is the place is the place to be i went there for a mother's day when i was my first mother's day and it was absolutely beautiful so kudos to you for for you know having such an institution in mount holly thank you and wonderful place in burlington county and audrey thank you for coming on today it was a pleasure having you you both so i just want to thank you both for joining us thank you thank you You've been listening to the RCBC Baroness podcast, which highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. For more information about this podcast and other podcasts available on the RCBC Podcast Network, 
visit rcbc.edu slash podcast. Take care. Thanks. You've been listening to the RCBC Baroness podcast, which highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. For more information about this podcast or other podcasts available on the RCBC podcast network, visit rcbc.edu slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the RCBC Baroness podcast available on all streaming platforms.